and then two, one. Wow, this thing is really lagging. There we go. Now it's live. Now we are live. Hi, everybody. We are. Hi, how are you tonight or today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Are you done snooping around the, the your, your room now, finding things that you're not supposed to find? It's not snooping. Oh, if I here. To over and see something. You're snooping. Tara snoops for things, people. When her parents are gone, she snoops through the house. For, she found all of her Christmas presents a month and a half before Christmas, knew exactly what she was getting, and even traded, sent one item back to Amazon to be traded out for another, and replaced it so her parents would wrap it without even realizing that she switched the product. Okay, just, this is who we're dealing with here today. I, I'm just throwing that out there. So... <laughs> So we're going a little bit, we're not going controversial this episode, but it is a touchy subject. So a lot of people out there, some claim that Bigfoot is an animal, like I do, flesh and blood. Some believe it's this, some believe it's that. Some claim that it's a human, and some claim that it's a word <laughs> that I don't know, and it sounds like Netflix. So, ne nef nephilim, nephilim, yeah. nephilim, 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 Netflix. Okay, <laughs> okay. So we're not going to get into that discussion. We're not opening up that can of worms. Whatever Bigfoot is, is what it is. That is not the concern for this episode. But what this episode is about is the, le the legal, scientific stance on the labeling, the government saying, we found, okay, tomorrow morning, you turn on the news, mm -hmm. on the news it says, Bigfoot exists, and it is human. Okay. And how that is going to screw up everything. And before I go into that, I got to go backwards in time. So, a lot of these things that I'm going to be saying, people are probably going to think, man, you're crazy. That would never happen. That would never happen. It, you're, you're reaching. It's so far-fetched. That would never happen. Well, there was a time in America where if I went to a judge or a cop, and I said, camera's mirrored, that Tara Stephanie is a witch. That she would be tried and probably unjustly murdered mm -hmm. because I made that claim. Mm -hmm. And that's true. That actually happened in the United States, Salem, Massachusetts, among other places. 
So there was a time in America when Tara, being a female, just because of that reason, was not allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. You had no voting rights because you were born a female. Yep. And then, if you want to see something that's funny yet disturbing, Google, like, home appliance and vacuum ads from the 40s and 50s. You'll see, like, yeah, and you'll see, like, a female, a husband with his wife over his knee, hand up in the air, ready to smack the shit out of her for not having Folgers coffee in the house. Mm -hmm. And these were advertisements. Yeah. Now, if there was a time when females weren't allowed to work, they weren't allowed to do this, and they weren't allowed to do that. And then you fast forward even more, and there was a time. Like, if I came to your house, and mm -hmm. I talked to your mom, and I said, you know what? Your, your daughter, she's coming with me, whether she wants to or not. She's coming with me, and your mom's probably going to punch me in the face, but I'm I'm going to take you, and that's kidnapping, okay? Mm -hmm. I could go to jail for that, but there was a time when the federal government, Vietnam, could walk up to your door and say, your son, we need him in our military. Mm -hmm. He's coming with me, whether he wants to or not, whether you want him to or not. He's coming with us, and they could legally kidnap you, and technically still can if a war broke out. Mm -hmm. So the draft has never been erased. And then, of course, there was the, the dark period of America where everyone talks about how we could once own people. We could mm -hmm. buy them and own them and use them as farming equipment. But before that... You could buy an entire family. There was a great war in Ireland. And a lot of Irish were trying to get over to Scotland to get away from this great war. Well, if you were a wealthy American landowner, you could pay for the passage of a family to come to America. But they had to work off their first year's residency at your farm they had to work off the um, money that you spent to bring them over here and then they had to work off their food costs and everything like that and then the revolutionary war broke out and if you're a wealthy landowner you were called to war but if you didn't want to go you could sign this so-called Irish slave. I believe the name they actually termed they used was enthralled or enthralled or something like that. But you could sign him to go fight in your stead. So you could say, you know what? The country's calling me to go to war. To hell with England. I'm going to war, but you're going to fight for me. So you go. I'm going to mm -hmm. stay here at home while your wife makes me biscuits and gravy. Right. So that's how my grandpa ended up in the Revolutionary War. He was signed out into it. 
and he uh, commandeered a cannon brigade. He helped cut the Cumberland Gap, and after the war, he was awarded 600 acres in North Carolina. But the day that landowner put his name on that paper, what that landowner may not have realized is that he also relinquished any rights to this individual. So after the war, he couldn't, he didn't have to go back and work off what he still owed. He could just take his family and leave. He was an American. He was no longer. So that's, that's how my family got to be all they got to be. But, um, a lot of, and, and usually these guys were really good. And even when the people did pay off, um, their enthallment, uh, a lot of times they still continue to work then as just a regular employee, pretty much under the same deal for this farm to make up a little bit of extra money, save up, get a few acres of their own, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so all this stuff happened in America. And then you look at today's climate. So right now, a guy can claim to be a female, mm. enter into female sports, particularly swimming, break every single record ever on the books, and there's nothing no one can do about it because mm -hmm. it's legal. They made it legal there. Mm -hmm. So to say that what I'm about to say could never happen, I don't buy that. There is no such thing as could never happen because we've done some crazy stuff in the history of America to people. Just saying. And we've allowed people to do some crazy things. You can change your name. You can change your identity. You can even change what gender you are now. So we allow people a lot of things. So now that we have all that history and, and that's in everybody's head, now we move forward to that news broadcast, Bigfoot Exists, and it's human. Does that Bigfoot then have basic human rights? Yeah. I mean, it would have the right to religion. It would have mm -hmm. the right to bear arms. Mm -hmm. Technically speaking, if it killed somebody, if you could prove that it um, felt threatened and it happened to live in one of the 26 stand your ground states then legally you can just kill you yeah how are you ever going to prove it in court yeah so if it was considered to be a human on paper mm -hmm. is that really a good thing because there are so many more things that go in around that um, okay, basic human rights, uh, stand your ground. Now, that stand your ground is um, also in reverse, which I'll dip into in just a second when we step towards the wildlife laws and everything. But um, 
it, it, being considered a, a human with basic human rights. Now, in America, if you are unable to speak, if you're unable to communicate, then you're pretty much what we consider a ward of the state, and you're able to be put into a very weird facility. Mm -hmm. um, they used to be called asylums. Yeah. Now they're mental health facilities. And that's what we do with people that can't speak or anything like that. But by labeling them human, that opens up so many loopholes to so many laws. Yeah. One of the laws is that on federal land, camping is free, but you're not allowed to permanently reside there. You're only allowed to camp for upwards of two weeks, mm -hmm. 14 days to be exact. If on a state ground, if you sleep there, it's illegal. You're trespassing unless you paid for a campsite and sleep within that particular campground. Mm -hmm. So if Bigfoot is labeled a human, it's not going to be following those rules and regulations. No. Um, not only that, but that opens up a, a reverse door because Let's say that they make a stipulation that even though Bigfoot is human, um, it does have basic human rights, and we're going to allow it to live on federal land. Well, what about pub or private land? Because if I'm a human and someone down the road has a no trespassing sign on their property and I go walking through their property, I'm now doing an illegal act of illegally trespassing and it's posted, so I've got zero excuse. You know, if I steal someone's chicken for dinner, their live chicken just going to their coop, that's livestock theft, and they can make an insurance claim against that, so it could also get pretty costly. But the reverse side effect is that is if I can tomorrow for no reason whatsoever wake up and identify, go online, tell everyone, you know what? I'm going from Mike to Michelle. I'm now a female. Okay, I can go up to the courthouse, get everything legally done. Then can I legally identify as a human Bigfoot and then do I have to follow hunting regulations or can I just kill whatever I want because it's a survival thing can I just just because I'm hungry just go shoot do I have to follow wanton waste laws because some states have wildlife laws that if you shoot an animal you have to take X amount of it with you. you there, it's called wanton waste. And basically, you're not allowed to waste viable parts of a wildlife animal. You're not allowed to do it. It's against the law, and there's a huge fine if you do. So if I was in Alaska and I shot a moose, 
and I just cut the leg off, threw it over my shoulder and screw it, I'm done. That's a hugely like $30,000 fine or more, plus jail time, possibly imprisonment, because I didn't utilize the whole animal. So there's a ton of wildlife laws that if Bigfoot was labeled as a human, does it have to follow those rules and regulations? And if not, what what would we do about it for one? Yeah. What laws would we have to change to make it so that they could exist and do that. However, someone like me couldn't wake up tomorrow and say, I identify as a Bigfoot. I'm going to go shoot whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 and those laws are going to open up so many gray areas. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. we, we step back. Actually, yeah. What, what what are your thoughts as far as where we're at right now? I've just been constantly thinking this whole time, like you've been talking, because that's crazy to think about. Um, it is. I I just I don't know if I would ever be able to fathom that in like. To think about it, I, I just, yeah, like, so there'd be so much different, like, or if they would just be considered, like, I know in some countries, they have different laws than we do, um, if we would end up having Bigfoot laws. I mean, I... Because they're so used to living that life, I don't think there would be a way to make them revert to, like, what us humans live like. Right. And so I feel like we wouldn't be able to do human laws with them. Because it's just not what they would be used to. I just, I, I can't see them doing human things or us trying to teach them that. Exactly, yes. So, now earlier I talked about the stand your ground and I was going to reverse that into the wildlife area and when we yeah. got there. Well, now we're there. So, if you were at Salt Fork State Park camping... Mm -hmm. I pull in, I get out of my truck, and I just start going off. You stupid beep, 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 beep. You mother beep, 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 beep. I'm going to kill you, beep, 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 beep. And I grab a ball bat, and I come towards you. You had Mm -hmm. the legal right to drop me where I stand. And I will, too. Yes. (laughs) Well, hold on a damn minute. Let's not be shooting me yet. Jeez Louise. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. You you have that legal right. So if we were at Salt Fork together and we're sitting at a picnic table and we're hanging out, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, let's throw a couple hot dogs on the grill and a Bigfoot smells that that and but it's labeled a human and it mm -hmm. comes barreling in the camp. Mm -hmm. Then don't if we feel threatened and yeah. we have stand your ground laws, yeah, then legally we can throw as much lead at that animal or mm -hmm. person, I guess, or actually person. Yeah. Then, so there's there's a conflict of life with that law with me if they were deemed human mm -hmm. because of stand your ground. Now reverse that to wildlife, and here's what's going to blow your mind. Because if it's a human and I'm coming into camp to kick your ass, you can literally shoot me where I stand. If I'm a bear, it's illegal to do that. Mm -hmm. If a bear comes into your camp, it's a place of temporary residence. You have a job. And your job is to store your food in such a way that it does not attract wildlife. Mm -hmm. We got a big old slab of salmon on the grill. We got lemon butter. We got pepper. We are doing this salmon justice. We are making this thing right. And a grizzly bear comes into our camp. Our legal recourse is to back away from the grill, get in the vehicle, make sure our doors are closed, locked, windows are rolled up, and if possible, start the vehicle and vacate the area, giving the bear your camp. If you shoot that bear, it's illegal because there was food involved. Mm-hmm. Huh. Just because it's an animal. So if a homeless person walks into your camp, mother, I'm going to take your food. You need to pop, pop, pop. Like mm -hmm. hell you are. I felt threatened. It was a legal yeah. shoot. I just, you ain't doing that shit to me, Jack. And mm -hmm. legally, you can do that. You can drop them. So, but if a bear does it, you have to get in your vehicle, lock your doors, make sure your windows are rolled up and secured, armrests are in their proper position, no arms and legs outside the ride while in motion, and get the hell up out of there. Hmm. You're not allowed to harm that bear. Now, if you're in a hunting situation where you're not at a camp, there's no food involved, any bear charges you, then you are allowed to legally shoot that bear. But it's going to be highly scrutinized as to did you take every single recourse for that bear? It, did you have to shoot it, basically? You have to prove mm -hmm. that you had to shoot. Now, let's say you did. And they say, okay. Now you have work cut out for you because as the law stands, you have to skin that bear. You yeah. have to prepare a 
for harvest. You have to keep the head. You have to keep the proof of genitalia as to whether it was a male or a female. And you have to keep the hide. And you have to pack all of this out of the woods. And then you have to surrender it. Hmm. So you're not allowed to keep it. You have to, by law, surrender it. And that's where things get a little, because if that homeless guy walks up on you in the middle of the woods, he makes one threatening statement, one threatening body movement that makes you feel threatened and a stand your ground, and you can kill that guy. You can legally shoot that person. So there is legit nothing stopping you, okay? We go out on a hike together, mm -hmm. and you got this little behind-the-scenes deal with my wife, and you off me. And she rewards you with a little under-the-table hush-hush insurance money off of me, right? All you have to say is that, I'm a female. I felt threatened. He said this. He said that. And I shot him. And if you can prove that through a lie detector test, whatever, court, maybe it don't even go that far. It could just end right there in the woods where the law enforcement says, all right, you, it was a clean shot. You were threatened. Have a nice day. By Terry, hey, you know, you're, you're free to go. Yeah. They give you your gun back. And then they don't even make you carry me out of the woods. Like if I was a bear, you don't have to skin me. You don't have to keep proof of uh, species or sex. You don't have to, to harvest me. You don't have to zip me up in the body bag. You don't have to carry me out. That's somebody else's job. But if a bear does it, you have to, if you're five, six, like you go to some of those Alaskan hunts, Montana hunts, Wyoming, you're five, six, seven miles in. We're talking an 1,800 pound animal. You're not going to make that in one trip. <laughs> so you either A, have to find a place where you have service call every single person you know to voluntarily walk eight miles, pick up 10 pounds of bear meat and walk 10 miles out or do it all yourself back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And here's the son of a bitch is that if you get back in, because you have to keep all these pieces as proof of evidence. Well, let's say you carry the head out first. Okay, so you drop the head off at your vehicle, you hike back, and there is a grizzly bear on top of your grizzly bear eating your grizzly bear. You are legally not allowed to disturb that bear. Mm -hmm. Which means it's going to claim and eat your evidence. That's how wildlife laws work. Wildlife laws come with a crap ton of protections. If I was, if humans were described as as wild animals and it was wild west, then market hunting could come back. 
Um, you wouldn't have to buy fishing licenses, hunting licenses, permits. You wouldn't have to follow seasons, laws, bag limits. And by bag limits, you know, in Ohio, you're allowed four squirrel a day. Not five, not three, not eight, four. That's your max. You don't have to shoot all four, but that's the maximum you're allowed on a daily basis during squirrel season, which again, regulated. Mm -hmm. You're allowed uh, one buck, and generally it's uh, two to three deer season in my area. So two does. So three deer, mm -hmm. but only one being a male. And that's my human laws. Now, uh, a grizzly bear, if it's hungry, has to follow zero laws. It's allowed to do whatever the hell it wants. Mm -hmm. A deer is allowed to do whatever it wants. Now, if it does it too much because of population, then a place like farmers can get what they call crop damage tags. And again, here's where some states get hanky. Like Michigan has a crop damage tag against Sandhill Crane. Sandhill Crane is considered the ribeye of the sky. It is one of the best tasting birds you will ever eat in your life. But if you shoot it in Michigan on a crop damage tag, you're not allowed to touch that animal. You have to leave it where it lays and walk away. So you're not allowed to harvest that. And what it is, it's a type of, um, not really a punishment, but because you got these tags, because of your crops, you're not. Now, if it was a hunting season, yeah, that's the dumb thing. I can I can go get a deer tag, and I can shoot a deer, and I can harvest that deer, and I can put it in my freezer, and I can make wonderful meals out of it. In some states, if you get it with a license, a nuisance tag, you're not allowed to touch it. You have to leave it where it lays. Just like with the sandhill crane. Yes, it makes zero sense. You're not allowed to donate it to sportsmen against hunger, I don't believe, because um, you're not allowed to harvest it or any parts of it. You have to leave that animal lay. Okay. You are not allowed to eat it. You're not allowed to donate it to a starving family. Not in all states. In Ohio, you are allowed to. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to harvest the animal. And some places get like your average, a huge farm might get seven to nine nuisance tags. Mm -hmm. A small farm will probably get three to five. Three to five nuisance tags really is pointless because you're not stopping your, if you have a thousand acre of cornfield, I guarantee there's more than two or three deer eating that yeah. corn. So that nuisance tag really isn't going to do a whole hell of a lot for you, but it is something that they established that through wildlife laws that, okay, we're going to permit this. So there's so many weird bylaws into this. So if the news came on tomorrow, and that animal is classified or deemed as a, hey, we found Bigfoot. It exists. We're calling it an animal. Mm -hmm. it, 
it's so much easier to make okay so are we going to call it a protected animal a protected species like the bald eagle is it federally protected or you're not allowed to ever shoot one no matter what mm-hmm. are we going to allow states to regulate their own laws about it um you know some states might say well let's treat it like a bear and if you shoot it you're the one going to prison because you're the or do we treat it okay stand your ground if it comes into your camp mm-hmm. like a, a homeless person are you allowed to just drop it so yeah. wildlife laws just make more sense when it comes to protections for mm-hmm. me but yeah, okay, so, so where so we'll bring you up to speed with you. Where are you at now with all that? My mind is blown. <laughs> this has um, been driving me nuts. Yeah. I can see where there's good, but I feel like some of this is just stupid. <laughs> I feel yeah. like harvest the animal, not just leave it lie dead and waste it. And I feel like it's stupid that you're not allowed to kill something if it's trying to kill you. Right. Because, damn it, I'm going to kill it. I'll go to yeah. jail. Whatever. Right. Because I feel threatened. I even feel like it would not even be like. It's not even like I would even think about it. Like it would that would just be my instant thought would be to kill it. Not to go through these recourses or. Right. That's not what my mind frame is going to be like. Yes. So if an animal comes running in my campsite. And tries to attack me. I mean, I'll wait and see if it just like got confused, like right. running through the woods, and it might see you and then go the other way. But if it's like an animal that has sharp teeth and it keeps creeping towards me and making noises, I'm probably gonna shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. I totally get that. It's just, yeah, I don't like some of these. Some of those things are just stupid. I mean, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But um, the thing about wildlife laws is that we can always challenge to have the vote changed. We can always (laughs) challenge to like Ohio. We don't have to challenge those. But Ted Nugent did go to Michigan and told them that they were all idiots because if you had a, a harvest tag for or a, a, a crop damage tag for sand hill cranes yeah. and you're not allowed to harvest them he said that was a crime against nature a crime against god and a crime against the animal itself yeah. he said that is the stupidest law you, so you are allowed to challenge those but as, as far as a human standpoint, 
it's going to take a lot to change a human law. Yeah. I mean, I learn a lot. Okay, so we have basic human rights, but this race of human, this newly discovered race of DNA legally classified as a human, mm-hmm. has no human rights. That's that's a hard argument because, you know, PETA or somebody out there is going to be like, oh, no, no, they're humans. We should uh, plant sunflowers for them and we'll all get along. And yet, you know, somebody out there is going to make that argument. Mm-hmm. And it. It happens in wildlife all the time. That's I'm a part of a group called the Sportsman's Alliance. It founded in the 1970s in Columbus, Ohio, and it's actually designed after the design of PETA, who mm-hmm. started going against trapping laws and rights. And we challenge those people nationally. We go to bat against them to keep hunting rights in place and mm-hmm. to open up these things. So we, we fight for the right of outdoorsmen. Um, and it's a great organization, uh, particularly for, because here's the, here, here's the kicker with wildlife areas. Salt Fork State Park, Mohican State Park, your PA lands, whatever, mm-hmm. they're all owned by the state state of Ohio, but more particularly, they're owned by the Department of Natural Resources. So, hunting, it's public land. And if you notice when you go into a wildlife area, a lot of times you'll see this little yellow and black sign. It'll say, this area closed from 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. or sunset to sunrise for every all individuals except those actively hunting, fishing, trapping, pursuing wildlife. The reason for that is those lands are bought and paid for through what is called the Pittman-Robertson tax. So back in the 1940s, there's two senators, Pittman-Robertson, they make a bill, and they were asked to make this bill by uh, the manufacturers of firearms and ammunition, a self-imposed tax and this tax is like two percent or five percent i think it's five might be two but it goes to the department of interior so all that money gets and now it's pretty much everything in sporting goods has the pitman robertson tax attached to it if it's outdoors hunting fishing binocular scopes knives this that and the other it's no longer just firearms or ammunition this tax generates billions of dollars a year making it a billion dollar industry for hunting and fishing and all this money goes to the department of interior now let's say the state of ohio says you know what we want to improve this wildlife area so they're allowed to go out because it's state land and improve it but they have to pay a hundred percent of the cost up front. However, 
they can take 25% of that number and send it to the Department of Interior and get a tax break back. As, but they have to prove that whatever project they did was beneficial to wildlife or fish. Mm-hmm. So it can't harm wildlife. It can't be used to um, um, buy light bulbs. It can't be used to hire employees, anything like that. It can only be used that for the resources, mostly acquiring public land and things like that, acquiring more land. So, like, Salt Fork is surrounded by non-wildlife area. So that's all owned by the ODNR and including the interior. But in the interior, there's a, um, like a bullseye that's non-wildlife area. And that is given to the Parks Department in the state of Ohio. Parks Department has to make money. So what do they do? They put in a campground. They put in a golf course. They put in a lodge. They Mm -hmm. find is to make themselves self-efficient because they get zero money of that ODNR money. That's Mm -hmm. only for wildlife. Now, oddly, there's a fishing version of this, and these two senators should have never in the million years put their names together because, I kid you not, it's called the Dangle Johnson Act. So for fishing, it should have never, these two senators should have, ne- they should have like privy two other people because something about the, the Dangle Johnson tax just sounds really weird. <laughs> but the Pittman Robertson pays for everything. It pays for these wildlife areas. That's the reason that public lands exist. That's the reason that state parks exist, and it's all paid for through your um, hunting license, fishing license. That's why a tax at a marina, your gasoline is more for your boat motor, because Mm -hmm. if it's marine gas and you're paying into that Pittman-Robertson or uh, Dingle-Johnson tax, fishing lures, all that. So that goes to rivers, lakes, streams, and fisheries. And then... The wildlife area goes to hunting, wildlife management, protections of animals, wildlife laws, wildlife biologists, everything to keep the wheel greased. Yeah. And then a portion of that, of course, if a wildlife area has a lake, then the two can merge so you can have uh, Pittman, Robertson, Dangle, Johnson all together. And then that money can like, okay, well, let's make a fishery. Well, around this fishery, let's put five acres of non-wild or uh, five acres of wildlife area. Yeah, okay, we're good with that. But the fact that you're going to let us fish it, we're happy with that, anyways. Don't worry about the five acres, and yada yada yada. <coughs> so, there's a lot of funds out there for wildlife protections, and there's a lot of regulations around yeah. wildlife protections. Mm-hmm. Thing is. If Bigfoot is classified as an animal, it doesn't have to follow any of those laws and regulations that we do. Gotcha. 
But if it's um, labeled as human, yeah, we we have to change the law. But if if they're say okay, well, Bigfoot human, but it's allowed to hunt and fish whatever it wants. Mm -hmm. I'm identifying as a Bigfoot, and I'm going to go fly fishing any damn place I want, anytime I want. I'm going to keep as many fish as I want, and there's nothing no one's going to say no to me about it because I will be a legal Bigfoot human if if a guy can put on a female swimsuit, be considered a female, and break every swimming record on the planet, then mm -hmm. damn it, I can identify as Bigfoot. Yes, I feel like you should. It, it's, and what about homeless people? Are they labeled now as the same? Because they don't really have... Um, an, an identity. I mean, no. the, they kind of live the same lifestyle as a Bigfoot, if you think. So do do we consider homeless people then now to be Bigfoot-esque? Or do we have to create a whole new set of laws and regulations? And yeah. I think this would just turn at least America upside down. I it mean, would. I mean, we're already upside down, but I think it'll just take us deeper down the hole. It I, would. Unless we called it an animal, because then we can just make a few regulations. Bing, bing. You can't kill them. You can't harm them. You yeah. can't molest them. Okay. They're protected species. Yeah. It would be easier to label them an animal and not a human because my brain just doesn't want to even attempt to try and think about human humanizing it like for okay. and then you're going to hate my next question oh, no. <laughs> so we know that it's more beneficial to label bigfoot okay the the news comes on bigfoot exists it has human dna it's a human do we strip its basic human rights then to label it as an animal? Do we take away its basic, go unconstitutional, take, strip away its basic human rights to keep it as a protected animal species? I feel like if a Bigfoot's not even aware of a political no. system. Yeah, no clue whatsoever. No. What, why would we even try to? If yeah. They don't even know it exists. They don't even know that we know, like, if it were to be, like, a human, then... It, it doesn't know that we're even, like, thinking of this. Right. It's not sitting in the woods right now watching this podcast. Exactly. It, yeah. Like, they don't know about... I mean, they see us with phones, with little devices. 
but they're not i don't know if they know entirely what the device does um like they see us with things but they don't know what it's called right so they wouldn't so, even know how to go into a store. I mean, they could go in and pillage the vegetable section. Yeah. But they don't know that they would have to pay money for that. Right. And if they were human and they did that, in some circumstances, if you felt threatened, you're allowed to stand your ground and just shoot them right over top of the asparagus. <laughs> but if it's a bear, you're not allowed to. It, Ugh. Not allowed to. Making my brain work today. It sucks. This has been <laughs> bugging me for a minute. I've been thinking about this for a while. Damn mm -hmm. thief about fell out again. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's been bugging me for. I've been thinking about this for a minute, so a good while, and but. I mean, if, like, legally, I can't identify as an animal and have animal rights. Like, they're mm -hmm. not going to, the dog warden's not going to put me in the pound and up for adoption or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, legally, there is a, a stand guard where, no, you were born a human. No, no, you're not allowed to be and become a, a professional poacher. Um, no, mm -hmm. it did not happen. So, but, yeah. So, yeah, going the animal route is better because the human route, like I said, if that guy can put on that female swimsuit, break yeah. every single record on the books, and those records stand. They are legit, honest record. Mm -hmm. Then my question is, why don't we humanize any other animals? Actually, Nikki, that's been tried, believe it or not. And it's been going on for a long time. So in the United States, most particularly in the world of hunting, we have what we hunters call the Disney syndrome and what the disney syndrome is is you have um a young a child i'm not going to say male female you have a child and they grow up watching disney so they see a fox being friends with a hound they see this cute little deer talking to this giant big buck and this giant big buck is telling little bambi how to how to save its life from this wildfire and it becomes friends with a rabbit and a skunk and all wildlife are friends and they all have these cute little cuddly personalities and you can have a brother bear and you can ride a bison and it'll lick you on the face like a golden retriever. And and people, some people literally believe this shit. And they grow up and join PETA. They, they, they say, well, we, we got to end hunting. We have to end fishing. We have to end 
animal cruelty. We need to stop all animals from ever being eaten, and which in turn, if that happened, is going to ruin the entire ecosystem and probably kill off more species because yeah. our management system is on point if people mm -hmm. just leave it the hell alone. Yeah. The DNRs know what they're doing. Bears aren't going extinct. Nothing is now. Every now and then, yes, like there was a, but no one cared about them. No one probably even knew it. But there was a species of American woodland caribou that went extinct. It was a little pocket species. Nobody knew this. Nobody cared because they're not cute and cuddly like a grizzly bear. Their name's not Bambi, not this cute little deer. They're an ugly-ass caribou. It never made the news. We tried like hell to save this animal. We actually cut hunting on it. We tried to make it. Hunters said we're not hunting this animal, and we fought like hell to keep this animal in existence. But then they brought in a wolf reinduction, mm -hmm. and there are caribou gone. Same thing happened in Michigan. In Michigan, there was an island. This island had moose on it, and it had a particular type of wolf only known to that island. Well, the, the moose were getting out of control because the numbers of the wolves were shrinking. So some scientists decided it was a great idea to, instead of just let nature take its course and balance out on its own like it most likely would have, let's take some northern gray wolves, let them loose on the island, and they'll breed with these wolves, and they'll help bring the moose population back in touch, and we'll fix the island. Well, they dropped off the northern gray wolves. The northern gray wolves killed every single wolf on the island out of, because it was competing for territory. Yeah. Then these wolves went on a rampage and killed every single moose on the island. Then winter came, the lake froze, and those some bitches walked back to the where they came from. So they put them loose on this island. They these wolves had never walked across the lake to bother this island. These wolves mm -hmm. that the island never left the island the moose never left the island this island had its own perfect ecosystem we had to mess with it yeah. these wolves killed every damn thing on the island mm -hmm. and then walked back to where they came from probably listening to snoop dog along the way because they were badass wolf they were huge they were monsters 120 pounds like huge big paws like monsters yeah. these were tiny little island wolves they they had oh. they were, yeah they weren't and they thought well let's throw these gray wolves in there and they'll interbreed and bring that species back nope they put a pack of pit bulls loose on a bunch of chihuahuas is what they did and the chihuahuas got killed and then the moose got so human intervention screwed up that island. Human intervention now, screws up a lot. It does. Now, it also can help a lot.
-hmm. For instance, southern red wolves are going extinct. Well, they found that there is a partial, a, a pack of coyotes that is like half southern red wolf DNA. And because of that, these wolves don't get, or these coyotes don't get that big. They actually do carry the, the southern red wolf traits. So what they do, they took a bunch of southern red wolves and they put a bunch of coyotes and they crated them all up and they took them out to an island in North Carolina and they let them loose and they are breeding, they are flourishing and some of the pups are taking the more wolf DNA. Mm -hmm. Now the ones that are taking on the more coyote side, they're tranquilizing, they're calling, they're removing off the island, they're leaving mm -hmm. only the ones that show the most wolfish figures and they mm -hmm. are saving this pack of wolves. Mm -hmm. They're number are starting to come back and they're coming back quickly because of the coyote aspect of it. So there is good inner, yes, just like feral cats in Australia. Shane Spencer said, just as feral cats in Australia, which decimated native wildlife. Now, I can go even a step further into Australia. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen an Australia bow hunting magazine, but it is the craziest thing you'll ever read in your life. Because you'll open up a page and there'll be a guy with a bow holding up a huge house cat. Like he just did this massive awesome great hunt and it's like really because i could pick one off of my neighbor's porch from right here and not have to do it i mean not legally but yeah. um but yeah in hunting magazines you'll see like guys holding up uh house cats and stuff okay well what happened was there was this king and he fell in love with rabbits when and rabbit hunting when he was on a trip so these diplomats gave him a crate of rabbits and he brought them back to Australia. Well, if you're familiar with the term breeding like rabbits, that population of rabbits that this guy let loose on his property went berserk. And in Australia, they had no natural predators. Mm-hmm. So they just started to overtake. They were eating bird habitat. They were like little miniature lawnmowers moving mm -hmm. across Australia. How do we stop that? Well, let's bring in a bunch of feral cats and they'll eat the rabbits. So they bring in these cats and let them loose. The cats have zero interest in the, or in the rabbits because the small little game birds are much easier to catch so they started to decimate the the bird population and the United States of America has claimed that feral cats kill over a billion songbirds per year oh my gosh okay so now you have these cats in Australia that were designed to take out the rabbits and they're not doing that. So Australia says, well, now we need something that's going to kill cats and rabbits. Let's bring in a bunch of fox. <laughs> so they go to a neighboring country and they catch a bunch of 
fox. And now they let the fox loose to decimate the cats and the rabbits. And none of it happens because there's mice, there's bulls, there's this, that, and the other. Yeah, sure, they will pick off a few cats. They will pick off a few rabbits. But they're also going to pick off some birds and some ground voles and other manners of wildlife, probably koala bears or something. And so, yeah, this crazy, it it was the woman who ate a fly that ate the spider that ate. That's what Australia, their game played with these rabbits. So and they screwed up they decim- they screwed up their entire native wildlife they just totally hammered it they pissed all over it yeah now ideally the best thing to do would have just got a bunch of aborigines and native australians and say guys open season on rabbits let's exactly. let's just wipe them out that would have been yeah. the easier process trapping hunting so but they didn't do that instead they went a different well let's bring in some cats or shit that didn't work okay so let's bring in some fox or shit that so i want to know what was next that the guy said like no 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 wait no we're done with this yet we tried we let you have two animals you guys failed where i want to know what was behind the fox that they were going to bring in lions i mean what were they going to bring in next to wipe out because it whatever it was would have had to been bigger than a fox and i have a feeling possibly and i wonder how many kangaroos they eat because the little ones not the big full size yeah yeah, and the babies, because I don't know if anyone's ever actually seen a ca- a kangaroo is a scary. They're built like Mike Tyson, and them- yeah, they are built like their veins pop out. Yes, I guess insane. And I was watching a video of a guy that um started beating up a kangaroo because the kangaroo was drowning his dog and this dog was probably like 70 or 80 pounds oh geez and so yeah like i think the guy and the dog both got away but right yeah i'm like if i would ever see a kangaroo i'd be going the other way they're scary as shit they look way too human like they look like they're ready to throw hands and that's the hell of it they will throw hands and the bucks kick you too yeah they're a scary ass i will i will never mess with a kangaroo ever period no and then and they they kick hard they balance on their tail and they'll kick you Feet are huge. I know. Uh-uh. I ain't ever going to Australia. They got shit there that'll kill you. They have a lot of shit. That whole country is designed to kill you. Yes. Which makes me wonder how the hell the rabbits and everything else flourished. Because everything in Australia is designed to kill you at some level. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then snakes nasty snakes and mm -mm. spiders 
Yeah, don't they have like flying spiders or something like that? They have the funnel web, the world's most deadly. Um, they have the the yeah, and this is when they're little that these spiders like put out a web and they'll get whipping in the wind and then they'll like take out their machete and cut the web and mm -hmm. fly to stab you in the neck and yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's it. it's like the the, the chainsaw wielding monkeys. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, that's really a thing. Chainsaw wielding monkey. Okay, there was this animal park in Florida. And it was like you could drive through it, walk through it, whatever. Well, they had a bunch of monkeys. And the maintenance guys were there to do a little bit of cleaning. Mm -hmm. Lunch break or whatever, these guys leave. And these monkeys came out and they grabbed all the chainsaws all the brush cutters, all the rakes, all the stabbing leaf, brush cutting machetes and tools, and they went back up in the trees. And there, so now you have weapon wielding monkeys who don't like people and are re, they're swinging at people like people were legit stabbed by a shivved by a monkey, like oh a maintenance guy God. was shivved in the leg by a monkey, like it, it was chasing this monkey to get his tool, the monkey turned around, slashed his ass right in the leg, and booked it up a tree with its machete. So, yes, there are chainsaw-wielding monkeys in Florida at an animal park. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> True story. It's great. I love it. Oh, oh that's just insane. It is. It is. So, where are we at now? I, uh, no matter what, my take is that no matter what Bigfoot is, mm -hmm. it's a safer bet to, no matter what the DNA says, because of its lifestyle, because of its uh, mental capacity, whatever, mm -hmm. to label it as an animal, put in protection laws, which can also be used to protect those federal lands that mm -hmm. we all, federal national parks, things that we all enjoy. Any place that's ever had a Bigfoot sighting that's mm -hmm. state-owned or federal-owned, we can say, hmm, nope, you guys ain't logging this anymore. Nope, yeah. take your fracking and stick it up your frack and get the hell up out of here. And we can protect you know hey bigfoot depends on this salmon run just like the bears you guys are not molesting this creek mm -hmm. um, we could use them as a protection tool so my vote would be no matter what they are to call them an animal mm -hmm. and strip uh, them of any human rights as much as i because if we give them basic human rights I'm they identifying as a big. What's that? I was just gonna say they would don't. Un they wouldn't even understand it. No, no, no. They're they're that. Uh, I'm going to use the word Neanderthalish. That yeah. That that they wouldn't. They're too primitive brain. Primitive primitive minded. Mm -hmm. Shane says a hundred percent. 
Bigfoot animal. So, and yeah, that's where, but if we labeled them as a human, I'm identifying as a Bigfoot and I'm going to go hunt wherever I want. I'm going to go fish wherever <laughs> I want. I don't yeah. have to follow bag limits anymore. Now they could make the stipulation that I have to, uh, catch them by hand but then yeah. i could make the stipulation well bigfoot is known to make wood knocks so therefore they are allowed basic hand tools so then i'm going to make snares and fish nets yeah. and everything i can to my advantage and i'm eating really well i'm going to have a lot of salmon this year because i'm going to go to these salmon runs and just start picking fish off and ain't no one telling me otherwise because i identify as a bigfoot well then wouldn't your human rights be stripped sure let them have them I can live wherever I want. I can never be accused of, of criminal trespassing. And if it's like a bear, it's illegal to shoot me. So I'm allowed to walk up into your campground, open up your cooler, take whatever the hell I want, walk away with your six pack of beer and your ribeye steak, and you're not allowed to shoot me because I identify as an animal. If I had the same protection as a grizzly bear, Mm -hmm. And if you did shoot me, you have to harvest me, you have to skin me, you have to turn me over to the state. So, yeah, go ahead, shoot me. Deal with skinning me. Have fun. That's going to paint your kids as nightmares. Mommy, Daddy, or I met what'd you do this summer? We went camping and we skinned a feral human. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, we had, mommy and daddy wouldn't let me watch, but we had to skin this guy who was stealing our trout. And yeah, yeah, suck on that, PETA. Yeah, that's right. That's mm -hmm. right. I can just walk around and bitch smack people and they can't do nothing about it. That's right. But what if it's I'm a in the stranger animal. that doesn't know you identify as a Bigfoot? Oh, they'll know, because I'll be walking around completely naked, so I, they'll know. If they see naked me with a big old uh, uh, Gary Gearhart beard, just walking around, coming up out of the woods with nothing like but a loincloth like Tarzan, and I'm just, ah! and I'm going to walk up and bitch smack them and take their ribeyes. Yep, they will know. Because technically speaking, if they're a human, do they have to then wear clothes? Or could yeah. they get arrested for public indecency? And who are is the sheriff's deputy that's going to uh, arrest the Bigfoot? Who's the guy that's going to pull out his handcuffs and be like, Eight foot six, I got this. Bullshit. You know? <laughs> it all boils down to proving the existence of Bigfoot. It does. And do we really want to then? Yeah. Do we really want to? I mean, in a sense right now, because they don't exist, you could go shoot as many. You can legally go Bigfoot hunting and no mm -hmm. one can say nothing about it because they don't exist. So yeah. I, you can kill all of me you want. 
so do we want to prove they exist? But then once we did, even if they had human DNA, do we ignore that fact, label them as a wildlife, or we can then put in protections? Because that would be my 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 vote. So yeah, I think protection for them. You hated this episode, didn't you? It really made me think. Like, it really got me thinking. It'll I mean, keep you thinking tonight. You'll be thinking back of, yeah. Yeah, so we can run a part two of this if you come up with some stuff that you ever want to add to it. Okay. We can always, you know, retouch this subject at any time and retouch it, you know, bits and pieces of it when the others are here. Here, give them the, the quick notes version, or if they watch this episode, they'll know what. Yeah. And then make some notes of what they want to add to the conversation in the next podcast. Okay, you guys throw in your 50 cents worth. So, as well as you guys who do watch this and listen to this down in the comments, um, <laughs> let us know your 50 cent worth is, is too. Let us know where you stand on it. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to know your thoughts because it really made my brain think. It's still, my brain's turning in places it's never turned before, I swear. <laughs> there are so many laws that would have to be changed. So many rules. If it was classified as, if it was mm -hmm. classified as an animal, protected species, done. Yeah. One stamp, we walk away. Yeah. But if it was human, then we get into basic human rights. We get into this. What separates a human from a modern-day human? Or are they just a human-human? Are they a, a primitive human? And if they are a primitive human, is it only because of their lifestyle or their appearance? Because there, I have seen some homeless people who have a lot of body hair. And if they just take their clothes off and say, I'm a big but there ain't mm -hmm. shit we can do to stop them from doing that, yeah. from changing their identity. So, that, yeah, and they could go shoot, kill anything. They could go kill any animal they wanted to because they're a wildlife animal. Wildlife mm -hmm. animals don't have to follow wildlife laws and regulations. They don't need hunting licenses like I do. Mm -hmm. So... They don't pay into the system. The system that I'm in pays for them to be on the landscape and protect them and keep their species flourishing. So, yeah. Well, that's all I've got for this episode. And I'm sure this is going to make a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. But, yes, definitely. Yeah. That's all I've got for this one, though, unless you got anything you want to jump into. Don't we need to do the intro? Oh, shit. I forgot to intro the show. I'm not even sure if I have it on here right now. <laughs> um, normally, it was set to automatically take off there for a minute. Um, show me my videos, you rat bastard. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Especially watching yeah, I'm, my brain. I'm sure I had smoke coming out of my ears at one point from how much I was thinking. I know. I, it's crazy. That's what I'm going to. There's the intro. I'm going to play it as we exit. So, okay. 
Yep, we're going to leave with the intro. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Welcome to the Squatch TV Paranormal Podcast for all your things paranormal and Sasquatch. We thank you all for listening and please enjoy the show. We have some amazing guests and deep thought talks with some fun thrown in. Please remember to like and subscribe.